First John chapter four, first John chapter four. Kicking off a new series tonight called Better Together. Someone, come on, somebody say better together. We're better together. I believe that. And so in this three-week series, we're going to be talking about, number one this week, our relationship with God. Because if our relationship with God is right, how many of you know none of our other relationships are going to be right? So we're going to get that relationship right. And then we're going to get a relationship with our spouse right. Because if our relationship with our spouse isn't right, then, you know, kids and everything else is going to be jacked up too. Mom and dad got to be right. And then on the third week, we're talking about our relationships with everybody else, our friends, our coworkers, and, and all of that. So we're going to cover all things relationships. And this is a series for everybody, no matter where you're at. If you're single, like maybe you're on the hunt to get married, uh, this lean in, start, take some notes, become the person you need to become now. So when you get married, you're, you're ready, right? Let's do this. First John chapter four, verse seven, it says this, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Verse number 10. In this love, not that we loved God, but what? That he first loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And I want to skip to verse 18. And this is where we're going to kind of focus in tonight. There is no fear. Come on, somebody say no fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love, perfect love, not a worldly or earthly love, perfect love, a God love, perfect love cast out fear. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, tonight open up every ear, every heart, every mind to receive of your word. Change us challenge us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thanks, Landon. Appreciate you, man. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 says this, the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. God created us to be in relationship. God created us to be better together. He created man, and he created man to be in relationship with him. But when he saw that man was alone, what did God say? He said, it's not good that man would be alone. So what did he do? He took the rib, and he created Eve because he said, it's not good for man to be alone. We were created to be in relationship. We were created to be in relationship with God, and we were created to be in relationship with others. Some of my introverts in the room, this message might stress you out just a little bit. I am, and it may surprise you, but I am an introvert. If you gave me the option to go to the party or to stay at home on the couch, 
I love you guys, but I'm probably gonna pick stay at home on the couch. You're like, what fills your cup? I, I, there's, I can be extroverted, but really at the core of my nature, I'm, I'm an introvert, but God created us to be in relationship. He looked and said, it is not good for man to be alone. God designed us first and foremost to be in relationship with him, but he also created us to be in relationship with those around us. He doesn't want us to be alone. He does not want us to live in solitude. God wants us to give love and receive love. The problem is this, is that our concepts and understandings of love is skewed and distorted. In this fallen world, the concept and idea of love is skewed. The concept and idea of love is off because we're looking at it through an earthly perspective. We're not looking at love through this perfect love that we read about in 1 John. We don't have a perfect love, and because we live in a fallen world, our skew, our view of love is distorted. But God is perfect. Come on, somebody say amen. God is holy. God is righteous. And his love, not our love, but his love is perfect. His love is our example of how we should love others. His love is our example of how we should love our spouse. His love is our example of how we should love our children. God is love. And we're going to get into this a little bit in the weeks to come. But husbands, when the Bible says that, you know, wives should submit to their husbands. We like the concept of that, but you got to keep reading because it says that we also have to love our wives the way that Christ loved the church. And how did Christ love the church? He gave himself up for the church. He made himself a sacrifice for the church. So love towards our spouse is spelled sacrifice. And all the wives said, okay, I love that was a perfect opportunity for you ladies. I'm preaching to the men tonight. There's no way that we can properly love others without truly knowing the love of Christ. Can I say that again? There is no way that we can properly love others without truly knowing the love of Christ. Why? Because it is the only perfect love. There's no way that we can truly love our neighbor without his love flowing through us. There's no way that we can actually truly love our spouse if we have not encountered his love. The way we treat others, the way we interact with our families, the way we do everything should flow out of our relationship with God. And I'm telling you, if we're gonna be the best friends, if we're gonna be the best bosses, the best coworkers, the best spouses, the best dad, and that's my daily prayer, my prayer every day when I wake up is let me be the best spouse that I can be. Let me be the best father that I can be. Let me be the best boss that I can be. God, let me be the best version. And the only way that happens is if it flows out of my relationship with God. And people are, are looking at us. And, and as we, you know, make little pithy sayings on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is, and, and we put our Christian quotes or we put our scriptures and we notify ourselves as a Christian. That's not how we identify ourselves as a Christian, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you mark that, people are then going to look at you and they're going to say, hey, 
Where is their love? Because the Bible, Jesus said it this way. He said it this way in John 13, 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Why? If you have a church sticker on the back of your car? No. Everyone will know you're my disciples by what you post on Facebook or Instagram? No. He said, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you what? Love one another. Because how you treat others, how you treat your spouse, how you treat your family says a lot about your relationship with God. I know I'm stepping on some toes there, but can I say it again? How you treat others, how you treat your spouse, how you treat your family says a lot about your relationship with God. Because I believe this, that one of the ways that we encounter God's love is that we encounter God's love through others. Can I tell you how I came to the Lord? I came to God because of one man that shared the love of Christ with me, my youth pastor. I came in and I sat on a back row in the pew of this old beat up youth chapel. And I didn't wanna be there. My mom forced me to be there. But this youth pastor came up and he paid for my trip to go to Six Flags the next day. They were leaving for Six Flags. He said, why don't you go? I'll pay for your trip, go for free. He said, I just want, I just want you to come and, and hang out with us. And all week long, he just hung out with me and, and, and loved me. And man, I continued to do all the things that I was doing and I continued to, to run with the world. But you know what I did? I showed up at church the next week. You wanna know why? Because I knew that I was loved. And I would go back to the world and I would continue to do the same crazy things that I was doing. But guess what? Every Wednesday night, you know where I was? I was at church. Why? Because I encountered God's love through a man. And because every week, despite my actions, despite my behavior, he knew what I was doing. He knew the crazy, he knew the lifestyle that I was living. But every time that I walked through the doors, he never judged me, he just loved me. And I'm, and I'm telling you this, people will encounter God's love by the way that you love them. And there's people in your world that need to encounter God's love. And they're counting on you and they're counting on me to walk outside the four walls of this church and lead our lives with love. Because when we will lead our lives with love, I'm telling you, we're going to make a difference in the world that we live in. Come on, if there's anybody that believes that, can we just say amen tonight? Come on, the love of God. We can change. Come on, Restoration Church is going to change our city and impact our city with the love of God. Here's the problem. The problem is this, is that we are not perfect. The problem is this, is that we're sinful. The problem is this, is that we're subject to our humanity. And even when we encounter God's perfect love, we're not perfect. And no matter how hard we try to love perfectly, we're just human. Things just get on our nerves. No matter how much we, we try to perfectly love our spouse, no matter how much, and Shannon is probably the closest to perfect love, you know, outside of God. I mean, but I'm going to do something to disrupt that perfect love. I'm going to act away, okay? I'm not calling her out. I'm putting this on me, okay? I'm not putting this on her. She's perfect, but I'm going to do something 
and it's gonna interrupt that no matter how much we try to be perfect in our love, we are still subject to our humanity, but we have a relationship with God. And just think about his love towards us. When I was still a sinner, when I was breaking his heart, he still died for me. That's perfect love. Perfect love that looked at me in my sin, that looked at me in my error, that looked at me in all of my foolishness and said, Craig, I still love you. Craig, I'm still willing to die for you. Craig, I'm still willing to pick up the cross and take the nails through my hands and take the nails through my feet. Craig, I'm still willing to be strapped to that whipping post and take those 39 stripes on your behalf. He said, Craig, I'm still willing even in your sinfulness. That is perfect love. And because we're human, we can't have that. But, but I'll tell you this, Jesus, he knows the challenge of even, even loving through humanity because God steps out of heaven, wraps himself in flesh, becomes Jesus, the, the son of God, and he walks his earth in the flesh. He's fully God, but he's fully man. And so being fully God, he's still subject to the flesh. So he's still having to overcome the fleshly nature and he still is able to come to this earth and love perfectly. And because Jesus was able to do it, he passes on the ability to us. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. He overcame sinfulness. So we're able to come in contact with that love and love others the way that God loved us. There's no way that we can properly love others without truly knowing the love of Christ. But we have the opportunity that when we walk in the love to to introduce people to that love and they can encounter the same kind of grace that we have encountered. Listen to this. Did you know this? That there are over 400 phobias, but perfect love casts out fear. Why are people walking around in fear? Why are people bound up in fear? Because they don't know the perfect love of Christ. Watch this. Fear is rooted in insecurity. If you haven't encountered the love of Christ and you don't know you are eternally secure, your life will be driven by fear. But security, on the other hand, is rooted in what? It's rooted in love. Because when you've encountered God's perfect love, fear is removed from the equation because you know where your eternity lies. And regardless what happens, you will be with Christ. When you have security, when you've experienced God's love, you can stand back and go, I am secure because I've encountered God's love, because I've encountered his love, I realize that his grace is a real thing and I can be set free because we aren't called to live in insecurity and we can't let those around us live in insecurity. I want you to hear our heartbeat tonight. We can't let those around us live in insecurity. I want them to be free from bondage. Come on, do you want that? I want them to be free from fear. And I want them to encounter the love of Christ. Think about that day for just a moment. Maybe think about the day when you gave your life to Jesus. The overwhelming love that you felt. Maybe even think about how God was speaking to you in this worship service. How we just encountered his power and his presence. Man, don't you want people to feel that? Think about the people tonight that are broken. Think about even maybe 
in your lowest moment in life. Think about how bad you hurt. Think about maybe even a time where you just said, I don't even want to be alive. There's people in our city that are experiencing that pain every day. In fact, there's people sitting in their homes right now experiencing that pain. And here we have a perfect love that casts out fear. Right here in this building, we have the answer to their problem and to their situation. Our number one value is this, and I want them to put this on the screen. This is our first value. It's the lost. We're passionate about reaching the lost. Everything we do begins with that thought in mind. The reason we did a Super Bowl party last week instead of just having a service is because I know people may show up to a Super Bowl party that might not show up to church, and we can get them Jesus. Somebody got saved last week at our Super Bowl party. It's worth it. One person gave their life to Jesus last week, worth it. We did a little costume parade up here in in October, and some of y'all are like, I don't believe in Halloween. Well, I mean, I'm not going to celebrate the evil of Halloween, but if a kid gets to come up here and get on the stage and get some candy and he's all pumped about it, guess what? And we can get their parents saved, and we can get them to encounter the love of Christ. Everything we do, every place that we operate from is going, how do we reach the lost? So everything begins with this thought in mind of how we can reach those that are far from God. It was Christ's heartbeat, the entire reason he gave his life. Therefore, it is our mission to carry his love to the lost and broken. Listen, I know there's people in your community. I know there's people around you that are lost, that are dying, that are going to go to hell. If you don't begin to live this thing out, if you don't begin to carry the love of Christ, the perfect love of Christ into a dying, hurting, broken world that needs Jesus, come on, we've got to get out outside of the four walls of the the church, and our heartbeat has to be the lost. When we wake up in the morning and our feet hit the floor, we ought to say, God, give me a heart for the lost. God, give me a heart for those that are far from you. So how do we love others? God's love is perfect, but we are not, and I'm going to try to hurry to get through this. The Bible talks about two kinds of love. Philea and agape. The Greek language, uh, which the Bible was written in and predominantly used in in Jesus's day, it uses these two words. Now, in the English language, we have the word, what, love. We use it a lot, don't we? I love pizza. I love Shannon. I love In-N-Out. I love Shannon. Um, Love to go to the movies. Love Shannon. The word just kind of like, it, it just begins to lose some of its, its meaning, you know? I love steak. I love Shannon. It just, we use this word, I mean, honestly, if you, if you were to stop and think about how many times that you say the word love about just different random things, you know? Oh, I love that. You know, like, do you really love that? Like, or you just saying you just really like it a lot. And, uh, and so we, this is our word, but the Greek language is, it's, it's a cool language. They, they actually have four words um, for, for love. But the Bible only uses two of them. And philea is this, it's, it's brotherly love. You know, you probably know Philadelphia, 
the city of brotherly love. And it's that brotherly love. And, and most people can know or experience this kind of love, but this love isn't going to change somebody's life. And then there's eros, and this is an intimate type of love. And while it's a passionate love, this is the love for a spouse or a significant other. It's, it isn't perfect, and it's not going to change somebody's life. And then there's, there's storage, and that's like the love for a child. And, you know, I would say that this love is probably the, the closest that you can get to agape. I, I just remember when Carson, my son, was, was born, you know, you don't, you don't know that love until you know the love for your child. And they, they come out of the womb, and you're just like overrun with love, you know. And you just you don't have an explanation for it other than, I love this thing. You know, uh, I mean, this is, it's mine. I love this baby. It's amazing until they're, you know, crying at 2 a.m. And then all of a sudden that perfect love, it, it you know, it runs out at that point, you know, 2 a.m. I'm just kidding. She's mad at me now. It's not perfect love. And then agape, but agape is perfect love. In the Bible, agape is used 259 times. Agape is this. It's perfect love. It's love without condition. Can I say that again? It's love without condition. It's the love of God towards his creation. If we really want to love properly, we've got to know this kind of love. We've got to know the agape kind of love. All other loves are based on a, a condition or reciprocation of something, receiving something in return. Philia promises companionship in return. Eros promises intimacy in return. But only agape is a love that is without condition. I love you no matter what. You can hate me, but I'm going to love you. You can bad mouth me and put me down, but I'm still going to love. And it's hard to do that. When people are putting you down, it's hard to continue to love somebody. When things are going wrong or, or you know, you're in your marriage, it's, it's hard to continue just to, to love. But God fills us with an agape love that we can love without condition. Can I say it this way? Agape is not a feeling. Agape is a choice. Man, I had the awesome privilege of, of, of marrying and, and being a, an officiant in weddings. And this is one of my favorite things to do. And I get to stand in front of a couple and, and be a part of their special day. And in every script that I say and in everything that I read, the thing that I say to them is that love is a choice. What you're promising today is that I will choose to love you no matter what. When the feeling is gone, when, when that Eros love feeling is gone, I will choose to love you. I will choose to keep going. I will choose to keep serving you. And I always read this passage of scripture. Unconditional love is patient. Love is kind, but it's an unconditional love. And it does not envy, and it does not boast, and it is not proud. And I think, men, we have to constantly ask ourselves this question when maybe we get impatient with, impatient with our kids. We have to go back, and I have to ask myself, is that agape? Is that perfect love? And the answer is no. 
Because if I really want to love my kids the right way, it has to be an agape kind of love that is patient, that is kind, that does not envy, that does not boast, that is not proud. And I can't do that on my own. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Does, love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always preserves and as you go down that list, you probably go, I have failed at that. I have failed at that. I have failed with that. My love doesn't always protect. It doesn't always trust. It doesn't always hope. It doesn't always preserve. But that's why we have to lean on and depend on God and our relationship with God and ask him every day, fill me with your love because I need your perfect love in my life. This, this is a got me love. Love never fails, verse 8 says. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. And where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. But love, agape love, an unconditional love, it never fails. The disciples or, or the teachers, they came to Jesus in Matthew 22 and they said this, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment? What did he say first? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. I want to ask that the band come back. Tonight, this is the reason we started in this relationship series with God, because what did Jesus say? He said, number one, what do you have to do? You've got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. So the very first thing that we have to do is what? Love God. And when we come into a relationship with God, he will fill us with the spirit and his spirit will enable us to love people the way that we need to love people. Because then the second thing that Jesus said was love. This, this is the first and greatest. But then he said, the second is it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So love God and love others. If we really boil down this Christian life to two simple things, it's love God and love others. And you go, well, that seems real simple. Love God, love others. But it only happens if we know God's agape love. Jesus first commanded us to love God because God's love is what everything will flow out of. If we first don't understand the love of God, then there is no way we can really love those around us. Being better together starts with encountering God's love. The reason our world is the way it is, it's because less and less people are encountering God's love. We have to be God's carriers of love into the world. We have to be the ones to love without condition. Love when love is not reciprocated. Love when it's not a fulfillment of a need in our life. Love others the way that Christ loved. When people don't look the way we look, we love. When people don't think the way we think, we love. When people don't have the same political views that we have, we love. When people hate, we love. 
When people slander, we love. When the world is full of hate, the difference maker will undoubtedly be love. Not eros, it's based on a feeling that is fleeting and when fleeting, when it's gone, you say, I fell out of love. That's not an agape, unconditional love. Not a brotherly love that's based on companionship. Not even a a parental kind of love. But agape love, a perfect love, a limitless love without condition. Love is an action, it's not a feeling. So tonight I want us to search our hearts and go, God, Help me to find and experience your love, but share your love with the world around me. Because if we're going to be better together in our relationship to others, in our relationship to our spouse, in our relationship to our kids, it starts with this. It starts with agape. It starts with understanding God's love. Come on, let's stand on our feet tonight. You know, forgiveness at the cross was the greatest act of love ever shown. The most selfless act. And in God's goodness and grace and even looked at our sinfulness and just stepped out of heaven, wrapped himself in flesh and carried our cross, carried our shame, carried our guilt, carried our pain because he loved us. You know, can we just close our eyes for a moment? Can we just thank him for his love? God, we thank you tonight for your love. God, we thank you for your love, your perfect love, unconditional love, no matter how many times I've messed up and sinned and failed, your love is unconditional. Thank you for loving me, God. Thank you for loving me, God. Thank you for not giving up on me. God, thank you for continuing to believe in me. Thank you, God, for continuing to see the best in me. Thank you, God, for continuing to lead me and guide me. God, even when I want to go astray and go my own way, God, you lovingly correct me and bring me back on to the path, God, that you would have for me. Lord, I thank you, God, that even though though you know the deepest parts of my heart and and thoughts and, and processes, God, that you still love me, that you never leave me and you never forsake me because you love me. You lead me beside the still waters. You lead me in pastures. God, I thank you, Father, that you love me so much. You're good, God. 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 Thank you for your love. Lord, fill us with your love. Come on, can that just be your prayer right now? Fill us with your love tonight. Fill us with your love tonight. 
We need to know your love, God, deeper. We need to love, know your love more intimately, God. Fill us with your love, God. God, let us be better husbands, God. Fill us with your love for our spouses and for our children, God. Fill us, God, with your love for our neighbors, God, and for our co-workers. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that our heart would break for the lost the way that your heart breaks for the lost, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, and right now, would your love through conviction lead us back to your heart? Lead us back to all righteousness. Perfect love cast out fear. And love covers a multitude of sins. Father, when you paid, when you gave the ultimate act of love, God, it covered a multitude of sins.